2: abner mares is a world champion boxer olympian sports commentator but most importantly the dad to two little girls beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring on blue wire's new podcast on the hook with abner mares we'll hear from abner his family fellow athletes and other people who made him the boxer and man that he is today and you know for myself i'm a hashtag girl dad just like abner uh, I can relate to everything he's got to say on, on that topic. Being a husband, uh, the, the whole nine yards, man—the the family business that he that he gets into—and it, it it hits home for me. So it's it's definitely worth the listen. If and only uh, if you're not even interested in the boxing, and you just want to hear about uh, about being a, being a dad and being a husband and, and some real life stuff—it's it, it hits home for me. Make sure that you listen to On the Hook with Abner Mares wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English, out on Tuesdays, and episodes in Spanish, out on Wednesdays. Again, that is On the Hook with Abner Mares.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Nice Trade Cast on Road Radio. Brought to be our friends over at Blue Wire, Pepsi, Indeed, and Bet Online. Well, folks, week six, it's in the books. We referenced, I believe last week's episode was titled, Is It Week Seven Yet? Commissioners, you can taste, I mean, not everyone has the same rules that I do, but commissioners can taste that week seven. That's an <laughs> MFL takes all our money and say, it's been a full season. They can taste that week seven. It's
2: just, oh, it's so close, Dan. I know we're, we're almost all about to be scammed. No, that's not what's happening. It's, it's there though. It It is right there. So be prepared, be prepared for things to come crashing down. Be prepared for your commissioners to, uh, to kick up the footrest and just, you know, kind of hang on to your money for a while. Wait, we're not, we're not supposed to do that.
1: All right. So uh, obviously today we'll be going through some of the big performances of the week, maybe some poor performances as well. But we'll start off with an offense that I feel like it, you know, we go through stages on this podcast of, you know, talking about different different offenses incessantly. And I feel like the Houston Texans offense over the last four or five weeks have been that offense. They've come out, come come up in one form or another. Several times over the last few weeks, especially you know talk about Deshaun Watson, Watson with his early season struggles, and then Bill O'Brien got fired, and now we have Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks who have been playing like two of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Um, Will Fuller, uh, his stat line so far this year, 19.2, 0, 15.4, 22.8, 15.8, and 24.3. So outside of his clunker of a 0, Will Fuller has been nearly unstoppable. And Brandon Cooks is, has turned on the high gears as of late as well. Now, I feel like Will Fuller, with his injuries you know, throughout the early part of his career, it is under undercutting what his potential dynasty ceiling is. Like, I think with his performances early in this season and what his role can be in that Texans offense, I could see him being a third or fourth round startup pick sooner rather than later. You think that's too high, too much too soon with the injury prone, or do you, do you think that that's valid for his play on the field?
2: Well, I think there's, there's two things holding that potential massive rise from coming to fruition. Uh, His injury stuff I mean, it's always worrisome. The, the MO with Will Fuller has always been, when he's on the field, he produces and he produces big. So this is just an extension of that. You know, again, it's only been six weeks. Let's, let's talk about it when we have a full season. And obviously, if you're waiting that long, you're not going to get in while he's a value. You're probably not able to get him for super cheap at this point. Anyways, the other issue is, in my mind, he projects as a wide receiver, too, in the NFL. He's not a natural one. He's more of your big play, stretch the field type guy. Uh, He's not someone that overwhelms the defense and takes over. He always seems to do better when he's got a counterpart. So that that doesn't necessarily mean that he can't be a 1B, but I just feel like he's more of a wide receiver too in an NFL offense. So uh, I can see him getting into that top 50, though, for sure, if he can prove that he can stay healthy. And now we can kind of see what Houston does without being held back by Bill O'Brien. We'll see what they do kind of at the running back position if they continue to just use this lump of crap that they currently have, or if they make some changes. Obviously the offseason will will bring a lot there. We'll see if David Johnson's still still the guy or if they figure something out there. But uh I definitely can see Will Fuller rising. I, I just have my reservations about about the injury history and I, I do believe they'll they'll make some sort of move to bring in a wide receiver, maybe someone like a Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, who would project more like a natural one at the position. I think he's going to be walking from Pittsburgh. So he he very well could be an option for them to kind of uh, be a de facto replacement for DeAndre Hopkins.
1: Yeah. And it kind of goes without saying, but with, with Fuller, the time is not to buy now, even if his value is catapulting to that third, fourth round value. There's going to be a hamstring pull. There's going to mm-hmm. be a concussion. There's going to be something. E- even if it's, you know, a short-term thing where he missed a few games, that's where you can pounce semi and, and you know, capitalize on a dip in value. Because now I'm, I'm guessing this is the most expensive Will Fuller has ever been, maybe outside of the first few games of his career.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's about right. And maybe maybe following uh, a couple of massive stretches of games, he would skyrocket and... and his value would inflate immensely there. And and who knows what the deal is going to be with Brandon Cooks if he sticks around or, or what their plan is to do with the offense. Maybe none of these guys are in the future, you know, plans of the offense. It's, it's kind of a weird year because they, they get rid of Bill O'Brien. Now they've got extra hiring to do and, and jobs at stake. So uh, I think the only constant in this offense for the future is Deshaun Watson. I, I would say I'm about 98% sure Will Fuller will be a part of it, but, um, they could they could change their mind and, and make some moves and just kind of overhaul.
1: Yeah, and with Brandon Cooks, 50, 52 points in the last two games. Obviously, that's not going to be the norm for him, but it does show that that ceiling that he had early in his career is back. Yes, the floor is there as well, with you know a four point game, a five point game, a zero point game. But you know the injuries are a concern here as well. But when he's on the field, he is a very good NFL wide receiver in an offense that is going to be in high passing volume offense. David Johnson's not going to be a high volume, you know, running back. And the team is going to be losing a lot of games. So, yeah, I, I think for this year, I think Cooks and Fuller are both, like, high-end wide receiver twos as long as they're on the field.
2: Yeah, Cooks' uh, Cooks' usage has been super weird. He He's either been a down the field, stretch it out threat, or he's been, like, a dink and dunk. He's essentially got two games of each, uh, one game, obviously, with the goose egg. And I think week one was essentially a goose egg as well. So it's been, it's been hot and cold. You know, these, these, both of these guys, to me, are more best ball type assets. They kind of fit into that Mike Williams mold. And obviously, again, like I talked about with Will Fuller's MO, Brandon Cook's MO is kind of hot and cold, hot and cold. At the end of the year, he's got, he's got really strong numbers. And, and his big games support his bad games. You just have to know which is which, or be able to stick it out and and start them thirteen times, and hope to hit on seven of them. You know, it's it's kind of the pace that we run at with Brandon Cook. So, um, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think they're definitely both wide receiver twos from a from a you know one year perspective. I I think Will Fuller is going to be in that conversation for top twenty five uh, wide receivers or you know a low end wide receiver two. I think he he definitely sneaks into that top fifty range for startup. Cooks, you know, it's hard. He's a weird one to to go through because of how many teams he's been on, and he just kind of keeps getting traded, and just shows up and puts up a thousand yard season. Oh,
1: oh, and by the way, it, it has been reported that Cooks on the trade block again. So you know, the shocker of the century.
2: <laughs> there's got to be something. There's there's something that isn't brought public that is apparent with everyone. It, there just has to be.
1: Well, well but this time it makes the most sense though, because it's a right.
2: rebuilding team and a veteran. Sure. And, but, he's but he's only he's a year old. He's only a year older than Will Fuller. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Will yeah. Fuller is 26. Cooks is 27. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, all right. Let's move on to Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver, rookie T Higgins, this is a guy that both you and I were very high on throughout the draft process was drafted in the early second round to pair with one young Joe Burrow. Now, I think a lot of the expectations were tempered with Higgins because he is a little bit of a raw wide receiver coming out of Clemson. And it was a crowded depth chart in Cincinnati with A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd and John Ross and Auden Tate. There were a lot of guys in that receiving core that were standing in the way of production for T. Higgins. It seems like none of those guys outside of maybe Boyd are going to stand in the way of T. Higgins. Uh, T. Higgins the last few games, uh, 21 points, 13 points, 10 points. 18.7 18.7 points in PPR and even more, more so impressive. I love to see those big PPR point games when there isn't the touchdown scored six catches for 125 this past game against Indianapolis. And he was pretty close to the end zone on a, on a deep catch as well. So it's one of those things that T Higgins is showing why you can't do the whole, all right, I'm going to buy the wide receiver after his rookie year thing. Cause T Higgins, I can guarantee you will be more expensive in year two than he was in year one.
2: Absolutely. And and I think you can officially declare that his breakout week, even though he didn't score. Uh obviously we've kind of had a slow build up to this point. Uh it seemed inevitable to me. And I know people always talk about things like like um you know, he he's he's raw or whatever. I, the kind of my take with Cam Akers is that he's just not a, a finished product. He's he's kind of all potential. T Higgins for me was someone that I absolutely loved coming out of high school. I've been on him literally since you know when we played in those really super deep Debbie drafts. I mean, he was a. I think he was a first round pick for me when he went to Clemson in whatever year it would have been. And it's it's just kind of seemed inevitable that he would become an NFL wide receiver one on a team. I think it makes the most sense to have T Higgins as a one, Boyd as a two, AJ Green is all but done. Uh, John Ross slots in still nicely as stretching the field. Auden Tate makes a lot of sense as your big red zone guy. And that offense with Joe Burrow, with Joe Mixon, even Giovanni Bernard has been producing a little bit here and there. That offense is ready to go, man. That team is close to being, to being real. Once these guys get some more games under their belts and, and really start to, to mesh, this is going to be a scary offense. And, and I think T. Higgins is going to start to take the, the league by storm here, kind of like what we've seen with somebody that's going to come up later on the list, another rookie wide receiver. Uh, this class is truly going to be special. I know we talked about it for years. All 2020 wide receiver class is is going to be the real deal. We had some guys come out of nowhere, some guys kind of fade away, but now everyone's starting to do it. it it's really crazy. I see T. Higgins on, on the rise in a very, very steep incline. Um, I think we're going to be talking about him up in that that top 25 ranking here pretty quickly too as far as wide receivers go.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And if you want to be on the rise, you should check out our friends over at Indeed.
2: Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are known to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over three million Yes, 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with our $75 credit for free at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to nd.com slash wire. That's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December
1: 31st. Now let's move on to a pair of players that play in purple. Justin Jefferson and Irv Smith Jr. These are two guys who I was lower on from a redraft from a short-term perspective because I was so insistent that the Vikings would be a run-heavy offense with Dalvin Cook and Alex Madison. What I wasn't quite expecting was the Vikings to be one of the worst teams in football, giving Kirk Cousins ample opportunity for garbage time, ample opportunity for volume, which gives the volume to Justin Jefferson and Irv Smith. Now, obviously Jefferson's been more so the, you know, beneficiary here, but I'm actually more interested in Irv Smith because it does seem like he is now the receiving tight end for the Vikings. They aren't really going to Kyle Rudolph anymore. And so – You're no longer relying on, oh, two Vikings tight ends have to be fantasy relevant or two Vikings tight ends have to be productive. It's really just the one. And it's really just in terms of that passing game, there's three players that catch balls. There's Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Irv Smith. I don't mean – and the running backs to an extent as well. But the volume that I didn't expect these guys to get, they're getting because they're trailing and because the other pieces in the offense just aren't getting any volume.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's really a weird spot. That team got really bad really fast. And the one thing, I guess, helping the passing game, uh, which certainly isn't Kirk Cousins because, my God, is he bad, is the fact that Mike Zimmer's job is on the line. I'm sure Rick Spielman, their, their general manager, is, is in his office saying, hey, man, you got to try something different. This run first, run second, run third isn't going to work. We can't have Kirk throwing the ball 12 times a game. We're paying him a trillion dollars to play football here, and he's been horrible, and you're not using him. So I think as long as the, this team, well, I mean, this week, he probably, Zimmer probably should have been fired after this week, but as long as this team kind of has its foot on Zimmer's throat, if you will, they're going to be throwing the ball more. It's going to be to Jefferson. Adam Thielen's a top five fantasy wide receiver on the year right now as well. And Irv Smith is going to be that number three. He, uh, this again, kind of like Higgins for me, seemed inevitable. He's such a a special player at the position that there was no way you couldn't use him. And they didn't use him for the first month of the season. And that was kind of, I think, when Mike Zimmer's seat got a little bit too hot to, to deal with. They started to get Irv involved. Uh, and maybe he was a little behind, maybe the the lack of training camps and stuff he's still a young player, uh obviously didn't do a whole lot last year, but now this year, you know a, another slow start kind of threw us off. and then you get Justin Jefferson, my God, it's his third hundred yard game out of four uh in you know the last month here he's he's went seven for one seventy five in a touchdown, then four for one oh three, then he had his stinker, and then he went nine for one sixty six and two. This kid's special. At one point, I said he's got Randy Moss swag. Hold on. Now, before everyone shuts the, th- the <laughs> show off, after I say this, just stick with me. He doesn't just have Randy Moss swag. He's got Randy Moss game. He is ridiculous, and it shows how confident he is. He knows when he gets that football, he's going to do what he wants with it. This offense is horrible. There's no space for these guys to work anywhere. He makes room and he makes plays. He is absolutely special, and he may end up being the best wide receiver in this class. I think it's going to be a toss-up between he and C.D. Lamb with T. Higgins kind of right on their heels. But Justin Jefferson is special. He is going to catapult up the wide receiver rankings a lot like we've seen from D.K. Metcalf. I think that's the company he's going to hold at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, I feel like last week was and guys like Ryan McDowell and, and others. That was the first week where people were like, all right, CD Lamb, he's the wide receiver one dynasty, or the wide receiver two in dynasty behind Metcalf. And if you're putting Lamb there, I don't see how you can put Jefferson any lower than five six. I, I would really have to you know go through and revamp you know my rankings that don't exist. But I'm I'm gonna guess that if I were to put rankings together right now, I think Lamb and Jefferson are
2: both top eight, top nine. It's, it's almost impossible to argue with that. You know, These guys are 21, 22 tops, and they're producing this way. They're first-round picks. There's no reason to believe they're not going to be doing this for a minimum of four more years. You, you have such an amazing window built in on, on a team that is going to um, essentially be hamstrung into using them that not only are they ridiculously talented – but they're going to be force-fed the ball. It's, yeah, I think you have to have Jefferson. There's no reason he shouldn't be a wide receiver one in Dynasty right now. You can hold on to your, you know, all of your 27 and however-year-olds, your Mike Evans and even Chris Godwin at this point. I think I'm sliding both of those guys back. There's going to be a real, a real push and shove here coming down the wire to get the, the DeAndre Hopkins. Even Mike Thomas, man, slowly turning into Antonio Brown. Uh, there's going to be a new wave we're going to see i mean metcalf might be your wide receiver one cd lamb might be a top three top four justin jefferson's probably top six top eight there's not going to be room for these 27 and 28 year old guys at the top of these wide receiver rankings especially if you're playing for the long game and
1: there's a similarly top heavy class coming in 2021 right crazy guys that are just as good as Jefferson and Lamb. You have, you know, Jamar Chase and Rondale Moore and Rashad Bateman. All these guys that have just as much, if not more, potential than the guys that are already doing so well in the NFL.
2: Yeah, you, you legitimately have at least two, maybe three super elite talents. I mean, Jamar Chase, I'd give him, I'd give him the Hall of Fame coat right now if I could. If, if Justin <laughs> Jefferson is doing this right now, and we thought Jamar Chase was worlds beyond Justin Jefferson – uh, I, don't, I don't know what to think, honestly.
1: Yeah, and how about the real takeaway? I feel like some people discounted Justin Jefferson because he was in that LSU offense. That discount didn't happen with CEH. No. And we're seeing that it should have happened with CEH, and it shouldn't have happened with Justin Jefferson.
2: Honestly, I, I was one to discount some of these players. I thought Justin Jefferson was going to be very good. I thought maybe Joe Burrow would struggle. I thought CEH was more of a mediocre-type player. I think all of these players legitimately may be in the top 10 or 15 at their position in the NFL, and I'm including Jamar Chase in that. That team was just stupid, and that's why we saw historic numbers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now let's move on to another player who I hope puts up historic numbers soon. It's one DeAndre Swift. Had 116 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, three catches for seven yards against the Jaguars this past week. It was the breakout party for one DeAndre Swift, the man who you said the Lions running backs can never be successful. Therefore, (laughs) DeAndre Swift's a bust, which, I mean, you knew was a a bad take as soon as you said it. But uh, Swift is proving that take incorrect pretty quickly. Pretty, pretty much as soon as, uh, what's his face, the head coach decided maybe let's not give all the carries to Adrian Peterson, which he's still giving ample opportunity to <laughs> Adrian Peterson. But I think he's finding out pretty quickly that DeAndre
2: Swift is the one that's going to be putting up the yardage in the Lions backfield. That take, Nathan, hasn't been bad since 1999, all right? <laughs> Ever since Barry walked, that take has been relevant. And I was just ready for someone to finally prove me wrong. Unfortunately, DeAndre Swift is going to be somebody I'm never going to have a share of now, because I'm never going to be able to buy him. I avoided a Lions running back like the plague. It's it's one of my uh, it's one of my my lumps and bruises that I consistently have to take. Uh, I have fallen in love and been too, been burnt by too many of the players that I've loved: Amir Abdullah, Javid Best, uh, even guys like Mikael Lashure. It, it always seems like I'm just setting myself up for failure, and I wasn't going to do it, and here we go. We've got DeAndre Swift, who showed incredible tape in college, uh, landed in a, I guess, plus situation, even though on Johnson's still a, a living human being. They bring in Adrian Peterson, Matt Patricia is whatever he is as a coach. I don't know whether he's good or bad or otherwise. I would probably lean more towards bad than anything, but... They finally gave the kid his his looks, and he took advantage. And, yes, it was against Jacksonville, and my God, are they putrid. But points are points. Numbers are numbers. That's You can't look back from this and be like, you know what, let's keep rolling 47-year-old Adrian Peterson out there. And you know what, let's sprinkle in six or seven carry-on Johnson touches. This should be a DeAndre Swift-led backfield, and there's really no turning back. And if they do turn back, you got to get rid of Patricia.
1: Now, Dan, you may say, Nathan, you're pretty athletic, right? And uh, I'd say wrong. Uh, I don't have the natural athleticism of the 1% of the 1% of the 1% of people who will play professional football. Nathan Powell, not going to play professional football. But instead of joining the NFL, uh, I'm going to join another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. I'm sitting with my Pepsi, I'm watching the Bucks. I've got Chris Godwin coming back to life, Mike Evans is a stud, all the goodness that the Bucks have been doing, They, the defense absolutely destroyed Aaron Rodgers last week, and it was only made better by sipping on a cool, refreshing Pepsi, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day, I did it with mine, with that Bucks defense, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it, Pepsi, made for football while
2: watching. Well, speaking of players um, that don't watch, that do actually get to play, we've got one that's been playing pretty darn well, and I think we can maybe blame some of his early uh, career blunders on a former head coach that shall remain nameless. We've got Tennessee Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill playing like an NFL quarterback. We uh, we maybe thought that that dream was kind of long and, and dead behind us, but... Here he is. He's got he's got a couple of nice starts in a row, and he's been leading this team on an absolute charge, man. They've been on a mission uh, after the little COVID business they had going on. Ryan Tannehill comes out, throws for 360, four touchdowns, and just an explosive offense. We saw Derek Henry Henry go absolutely insane, but I think the storyline honestly is Ryan Tannehill might be at least above average.
1: Yeah, if you would have asked me two years ago, will Ryan Tannehill be sitting on his couch drinking a Pepsi? I would have said, (laughs) yep, that's going to happen. But no, uh, Ryan Tannehill is on the sidelines drinking some, you know, uh, sports beverage. Um, But with Tannehill, there was some reservations to, oh, maybe possibly 2019 was a fluke. He isn't as good as that end of the stretch or – you know, let's. I mean, honestly, when Henry and Tannehill were both given the contracts, my inclination was Henry just got Tannehill paid, and that is showing that. I mean, it might be just a shared thing. They got each other paid by playing so well down the stretch, and they're now they're both playing very well. Obviously, uh, you know, twenty-eight fantasy points for Tannehill this past week. Henry had forty, and my the reason why I have him on here on, on the list today is what are we doing in Dynasty with him? Because, like, I feel like he's not a guy that you're looking at, like, the top 10 Dynasty receivers, like, all right, I mean, top 10 Dynasty quarterbacks is saying, all right, Hill's QB9. But, like, at this point, why
3: not?
2: Yeah, and he's kind of one of those players, too, that seems like he's been around forever. And he's 32, but the life of a quarterback is 36 minimum. I mean, you're playing like this, and he's never really had any – He's maybe had one missed season that I can remember, like 2017 for injury, if I, if my mind serves me correct. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there, I think there's plenty of tread left on the tires. I think you've got to at least consider him a mid-QB, too. Think about how much garbage QB play there is right now. And a lot of guys we had propped up super high that just aren't any good. The only thing they have going for them is their age and where their franchises specifically took them and or paid them a second contract. So. I mean, based on this, I think you've got to have him in that mid-QB2 range, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. And he's definitely hes not a QB2 you have to wait on. He's you know producing big numbers right now. And you were right. Uh, he missed the 2017 season. That was uh, Jay Cutler season, if you if you recall. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tannehill I think has one of the higher floors in, in, among starting quarterbacks today in fantasy. He does have a little bit of rushing upside. Had a 42-yard rushing game a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it it's one of those things that he is the opposite of name value that people kind of just cast aside his name as like, Oh, he's fine. Like at this point, people know he's a starter. People know that he's going to put up some points, but I think that his past, you know, badness with Adam Gase has, you know, left a mark that you can probably get him for a late first right now. And like, you're not getting, that might be a little hyperbolic. Let's say a mid-first. You can get Tannehill. You would definitely get Tannehill for a mid-first right now, and you're not doing that with other top 15 quarterbacks.
2: Right. So let, let's, let's just go through the little scenario here. So he's not – I think we can agree he's not a QB1. I can name 12 that I would not take Ryan Tannehill over. Fair? Yes, yeah, sure. But Matthew Stafford's 32. Take- would you take Matthew Stafford over him?
1: No, I'll take Tannehill over there. Okay. Because it's it's all about the floor there. Stafford's weekly floor is garbage.
2: Tannehill's weekly floor is much better. Then you have
1: Stafford's not bad. Like he has his big games, but the floor just kills your quarterback.
2: For sure. Cam Newton, I will still take over Tannehill. Mm -hmm. Just because there seems like there's more upside there. Carson Wentz. I'll take Tannehill. I'm, I'm I'm taking Tannehill. I'm taking Tannehill. Isn't that crazy to think? Then you have Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. All of those guys right now are still, and I wouldn't say consensus, but pretty widely considered higher in value. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. You can't have him there. He's probably 14th or 15th as far as I can see on, in the QB rankings. He, that's where he has to be. And he's currently in like that 20 to 22 range for most people.
1: Yeah, and he has as much like long-term job security as any veteran QB does. You know, it's not like he's losing his job anytime soon. He just signed a big contract, so yeah. I mean, I, I think that we're quietly becoming a Ryan Tannehill podcast. Nito since sends him off <laughs> I
2: know it's weird because I I was I've never been a Ryan Tannehill guy. I gave him away last or two off seasons ago, whatever it was, and here we are.
1: Now let's go to a current my Mi- or a pair of current Miami Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins tight ends, Adam Shaheen and Mike Geseki. Now, I am a draft capital guy, and I'm one who liked Shaheen at his price in his rookie season. But I am honest. I dropped him everywhere after his, you know, not playing and then getting traded to the Dolphins. But that looks like it may have been a mistake because he is now taking targets away from Mike Gasecki, who put up a bagel this week. So you think this is more an indictment on Gasecki or is Shaheen the real-ish deal?
2: I think it's a one-week, three-target scenario because we've seen two monster weeks from Gasecki, and this offense has been kind of bipolar, if you will, kind of kind of like when Ryan Fitzpatrick is either on or cold. Uh, it was a weird one. I, I don't know if maybe something wasn't right with Gasecki for the game, if they were just like, hey, we're up big already. There's not really any reason because that game was just, over fast and there was really no reason to to play him i mean i like adam shaheen as much as anybody i think i i ended up drafting him way too early in a lot of places and getting burnt by the chicago bear tight end bug i i don't think this is an indictment on gasecki if people are are discounting him i think it's a great time to buy i i don't think his price has really gone back to you know where he was drafted at honestly i still think he's relatively low as far as rankings are concerned. But he's been either really bad or amazing this year. He's got two games of over uh, of at least five catches and ninety yards. He's only got two touchdowns. Um so it's kind of hot and cold as Miami grows. You know, maybe we'll see him. But again, he's only twenty five. This you know tight ends are, you know, that's like your third or fourth year breakout when we're when we're really looking at it. He had an, an okay year last year with 50 catches and over 500 yards. Um, I would imagine we're going to see probably something relatively similar to that, maybe maybe upwards of like 700 yards this year. But it's going to be a lot of hot and cold games. I think, I think script really matters in Miami, what these teams are doing. Their game plan seems, it's, it seems locked into one or two players pretty much every single time. So if, if he's a big part of the game plan – then it's then it's his game but when the tight ends are kind of left out and then randomly Shaheen gets a couple of a couple of grabs on three targets and it scores then you know then we have to have these conversations so uh I'm not worried about Adam Shaheen affecting Mike at all I do believe in this situation that talent does win out I'm not always on that boat but uh, I think he's such an athletic freak and we know that he's he's at least solid as a as a you know, physical pass catcher that this should be his job. no questions asked. I, I think that was just a weird game.
1: I, I mostly agree with you, and I think that if anyone is panicking about Gaseki because Shaheen is getting involved then then now is a good time to buy. But I also do think that Shaheen is worth more than your average waiver wire or end of bench tight end at this point. Um, I know it's harder to find you know two uh, tight ends that are fantasy relevant in an offense. But he was a very solid prospect, got picked in the uh, 13th pick in the second round, had a 95th percentile dominator in college and a breakout age in the 59th percentile. So he was a very good prospect. And I know we're a little bit away from that, quote unquote, prospect profile, but he's good enough. And there is enough holes on that team that, you know, we still haven't seen much from Preston Williams. And so it's really the Devontae Parker and the end show. And so I'd be buying Shaheen if I can get him for a fourth or you know waiver wire bucks or something like that, and that's not really going out on a limb. But at at the moment, I think he's worth more than free.
2: Yeah, I agree. He definitely should be rostered. And if anything, this is going to get him a job in twenty twenty one, and likely a good one. He's an unrestricted free agent after the season. He's still on his technically on his Chicago rookie deal. Uh, so. This should, if he continues to play, they continue to use him. I think we're going to see more two tight end sets. I think you're going to see a lot of two tight end, and then Devontae and Preston plus whatever backfield they roll out. And I think I think he remains involved because I do believe he's a good tight end. I don't think he's better as a pass catcher than Mike Gusecki, but he's good. So if anything, maybe even if you if you're a team that's that's not contending this year. Uh, or even ho- really hoping to make the playoffs, it's a good time to go grab someone like this who can hang on on your bench. You don't have to worry about the, the bad weeks, the non-existent weeks, whatever, and hope 2021 comes. He finds himself a, a good job uh, because tight end is kind of weak in the NFL right now. We thought we maybe we were going to find ourselves in a, a nice, warm place, but tight end continues to tight end, and here we are. So I, I think 2021 could be uh, a potentially a... a Decent year at least for Adam Sheen. I think this year will just be kind of hitting this.
0: What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting Rotoviz Radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020RV Radio at checkout. That's right, go to Rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code. 2020 rv radio at checkout for 10 percent off you can even extend your subscription oh and one more thing if you haven't ever done it please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on apple Podcasts. it's a really easy it only takes like 10 15 seconds just do it we'd love to hear your feedback now back to the show
1: Alrighty, that should wrap us up for this evening. Uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Dynasty Cast on Rotoviz Radio. Make sure to subscribe to Rotoviz, Rotoviz.com, uh, promo code 2020RV Radio. Good yourself a pass, support the pod, support everybody, and we appreciate you. We love you. And um, any
2: last words, Dan? Well, before we go, we should talk oh. about <laughs> our friends at <laughs> that online. The wait is finally over. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, all one word, BlueWire. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
1: Code.